0: Welcome everyone to the Talking Points Podcast. If you're watching the video version, you will see my very shiny forehead slowly coming into frame. Matt just wanted me to do this um, because I have a standing desk and it adjusts, so so here we are. It's that
1: noise in the back as well. It's like this machine noise. I I feel for all the... Why are you
0: crying? I feel for all the audio only listeners having to listen to Matt's tears, Um, but welcome. It was the 2022 Italian Grand Prix. We're recording this on a Sunday night. Matt's lost all composure completely, so we'll give him a minute, Aldas. Um, I I guess first of all,
1: mate, uh, did you enjoy it? What what did you think? Just, just, Just an overall arch thought. It was a four out of ten for me. I, 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 well, I enjoy every single Formula One race because I'm an absolute nerd. Like, literally, I could watch oh, the same are. grid finish in the same positions. And I'd be like, oh, I'm buzzing, mate. Formula One's on. <laughs> um, but, but uh, it wasn't, uh, the best race. I thought Zamba was actually a little bit better. I thought the, you know, the way the race ended, it kind of actually, to be fair, it was kind of intriguing in a different way, but it kind of took the sting out a little bit, but yeah if i was to give that race a rating i'd say a four out of ten you know i didn't i don't think it was that great there was quite a lot of drs trains in the middle as well which i'm sure we're going to talk about but there were some storylines and some uh, comebacks which were quite good but yeah four out of ten for me unfortunately what you saying, amos what do you think yeah, I
2: gotta agree. I'll go five out of ten. It very much reminded me of the situation we had with Spa, where we had loads of people taking energy uh, uh, engine penalties, and us expecting this really great race. You know, with all like the like the the faster drivers, arguably towards the back of the grid and then when you've got that recipe there and then it doesn't really deliver it, yeah and i think also what happened towards the end obviously kind of sport it because it was building up and building up loads and loads and then nothing really happened so i think for me it's got to be a 5 out of 10 but what would you what would you rate out of 10
0: mm, yeah i was thinking at the time i was a bit more optim- optimistic straight after the race i was thinking oh maybe it but actually yeah i, I think 5 is probably fair i mean we didn't see as much as max started um p7 and finished ahead of shaw we didn't actually see them too come together on track at all in terms of any battling um because it was just a pit stop um changing position. So yeah th- there was a few moments there were some odd moments throughout the race but I think mm. not obviously helped by the fact that we ended uh under safety car which does anyone remember when the last time we had a race end under safety car nah, I can't remember at um, all. No, sorry man. I haven't got right uh, we, we might be uh we might be nerds but we don't know that I'm sure Brazil some of 2012. you watching
1: it was in twenty twelve. Really? Or are you just
0: saying that? <laughs> no,
1: I mean, no, there was definitely that one. In terms of, like, not, re- well, technically, Spa 2021, I mean, listen.
0: You're not, you're not having that
1: one. Let, let us know no, in the comments no. below if you're
0: watching on YouTube Um, when the last proper race to end under a safety car Brazil was. But obviously there was a lot more to the race than just the safety car. And I think first and foremost, we need to talk about a certain Dutchman. Not Max Verstappen, though. Nick De Vries deputizing for my darling Alex album <laughs> get well soon he will yes, be mate. fine it's just an appendix like no, it's actually quite just an appendix it's quite
1: a serious thing if it's not treated quickly that's a su- you make it sound like it's a paper card you know yeah, what i mean doesn't like- it doesn't
2: it like yeah if you don't get that dealt with it will it could like blow up or something it, that's, yeah that's- basically that yeah. and it's all and i if i'm if this is here here comes my farmer knowledge and i if i can oh, remember correctly the, is. obviously it's a pointless part of the body because it used to be where it used to process when you eat like grass yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Whereas obviously we don't need it anymore and it's now come defunct. So it's now like, yeah, it's a pointless body part. It does nothing. So as soon as it goes skew with, yeah, I need to get sorted quickly, but luckily he's all good.
0: But like he said himself, Aldas, it's a bit of weight saving. And look, <laughs> as, as, as much as that takes away Alex's opportunity, which we knew that this was going to be a strong trap for, for Williams. I think Nick DeVries jumping in. What were your kind of expectations going into this one with Nick alongside Nick?
2: <laughs> uh,
1: straight away uh, First of all I called it on the uh, On the uh, Dutch Grand Prix podcast I, I, I knew that it. Williams I, I knew Williams Were going to be here I said Big expectations I think Alex Is going to score points Big chance for Nicholas Latifi To kind of turn up And actually show something uh, And you're both uh, You're uh, wrong
2: we'll, on both counts <laughs> We'll talk
1: about that But I was But Williams were strong here Like they had genuine pace They weren't like the slowest I think Aston Martin mm-hmm. Was struggling a little bit More than them But genuinely I thought uh, I thought Nick DeVries Jumping in I, I thought he would do A solid job Because He's not completely cold, like he did kind of warm up to the weekend, he had that Aston Martin stint, I know it's in a different car, but it still kind of gets you acclimatized to the session, kind of gets you acclimatized to the track, and he did kind of, uh, you know, also drive the Mercedes, uh, you know, earlier as well, so he's not completely cold, but I expected him to perform, and he did, he, I wouldn't say he exceeded my expectations, because that's where I thought that car should be, and he did a great job, so the fact that he was on the pace... We'll talk about the Latifi side of it later on. Just the Nick DeVries uh, side. Mm. I thought he did a great job in quality. Um I, once again, I am a bit of a quality merchant because I didn't get to to watch it on Saturday. I was racing once again, so yeah, sorry what about a that. Surprise. But obviously <laughs> this so, yeah. man cars. But <laughs> I, I did see, sad. but I did see the qualifying <laughs> highlights and like to see DeVries beat Latifi, I was like, that's a joke i mean it wasn't i think he did it only on one run as well because uh, exactly. he locked up in his last run i think he was in the wrong wrong break setting and had a really weird off as well so yeah but overall a great weekend for Nicholas uh for Nicholas Latifi. for nick what? de vries <laughs> uh but yeah also i think also uh, he put himself out there on the on the shopping floor like he showed williams exactly what he could do now they have data to compare him to, to latifi and uh yeah he's done a great job in my opinion and it seemed like everyone was really happy for him as well which was great to see
0: yeah it, it it was good vibes all around. I mean, just before we, we uh, jumped on this call, I watched, uh, it was Nick's kind of post-race chat with Sky Sports, and he was saying like, his dad was, um, his dad was standing at his place in Monaco, because Nick lives in Monaco, as, as all drivers see. As to, do. <laughs> and then like, drove down to to uh, monza and then saw him and and it was that uh, it, it was it was very very heartwarming stuff and it i think nick devries is a driver that again one f2 one formula e has done sports cars has had a lot of success and you know we always talk about oh who deserves an F1 say so i think he's earned the opportunity and he certainly seized that opportunity today but um, like mm. you say we're qualifying. In terms of the big stories from qualifying, obviously Charles putting it on pole and and Carlos being up there as well. Going into the race, I I, I thought Charles would win, um, to be honest. But <laughs> have you been watching this season, mate? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, you know, I thought the Tafosi would add an extra few horsepower, but they they <laughs> all that energy booing was going straight into Max's engine. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll just get, let's just crack on with the race. What did we think off the start? Because obviously, obviously Matt, Ricardo held position. Lando had a bit of a shocker off the start in the yeah. end. Um, but I think for me, it was always going to be an uphill battle for M- the McLaren boys to kind of stay in position and, and maintain that. But they did a lot better than I thought they would.
2: Well, I mean, we've got to remember, like we also said this like last year, like if I was to tell you last year that it was going to be a McLaren 1-2 at Monza, you'd be absolutely having a laugh with that. And, and Although last year it was a sprint race, like, it, the car seemed tailored to it last year. And I know this is kind of like a new breed of era. but I mean, like, you can't just sort of fault them with it. And obviously they were, like, gifted their positions because of all the mess of, like, all the uh, grid penalties going on when we only found out, you know, only until, like, five or six hours after quality that we actually figured out what the starting grid was. Um, I, I was actually quite, like, faithful of, like, where their positions were. And, like, I, I honestly thought, like, if Lando kept within the toe, then like, he would have been on for a, for a podium. And that's not me just sort of bullshitting or, like, McLaren favoriting or anything like that. I genuinely thought they would have the pace because, like, if you've got Slipstream, then you pretty much, we've seen it in the race, you're going to stick with him the whole entire time. But it just looked like from, yeah, Lando's on board that, like, either the revs weren't high enough because he kind of just dropped off and then he managed to get up again. And then I think he lost uh, three positions, I think, with, before even getting the first corner. Um whereas actually well, De Vries uh, was ahead of him going into turn one he'd lost that yeah, many positions exactly that I think also yeah De Vries also just had a really good start as well with his, all his brakes on fire <laughs> uh, that was one potential issue because he was um, on, on the formation lap uh, going towards the grid he was like really trying to get temperature into the into the brakes and his left uh, left uh, front brake um, started smoking and <laughs> almost caught fire that'll, that'll um, calm your nerves yeah exactly brakes on fire <laughs> You know what like I'm not going like, I don't want to jump ahead and it's not favoritism. I've got to give it to Daniel like fair play to him for the no, race. No, no, don't because, jump like, ahead.
1: Don't jump ahead. We'll no, 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 get like, to that. What are you to giving that. to Daniel? What, what, no, what no, are you no, giving no. to him Matt? No. <laughs> Retirement of the race. Yeah,
2: no no no, 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 no. We're talking about the start of the race and I'm saying like he he did the job that he's meant to. He didn't, didn't uh, he did, make, no. he did he did yeah. didn't make any mistakes and he wasn't holding up anybody and like eventually like it just <laughs> Yeah, he did He did what he's meant to do. So, like, uh, and that was the only thing really that kind of happened from it. Lando had a, a poor start and the other driver actually did really well when we were used to him not doing that well. So, there you go.
1: Can I just say, yeah. by the way, just to quickly interject here, Matt, go you on. were not on the Dutch Grand Prix podcast, but there was, I mean, there was some top-notch Ricardo slander. And I know that you missed that on purpose, by the way. So, <laughs> just saying.
0: <laughs> he knew what was coming. But no, you know what, genuinely, I, I think going into this weekend. You know, this is a uh, track that Daniel knows how to get the best out of himself with. You can see he's clearly, you know, still not comfortable in that McLaren car. But I think all things considered, yes, obviously gained massively from all of these kind of penalties. And, and also, boys, I think we should quickly talk about the penalties. Um, mm. Aldas, what do you think? What do you think the solution is? Do you think this is, we're just going
1: to have to deal with it as it is? Or
0: do you think there's a better Aldas inspired solution
1: here? It's a simple one, but it's gotta be at least one more power unit component just per team. Like it's gotta be one more component of each of each engine part because it's just getting a bit too ridiculous, especially in not I mean it's not back to back races, but you know, two out of the three races where we genuinely don't even know the grid, like I mean, again, I'm misqualifying, but it was kinda pointless anyway, because when I looked at the result, it was like completely different to what the starting grid was, so I didn't even miss anything. Like it's the drivers didn't even know. Did you see Gasly even tweeted like, can anyone tweet me where I'm starting? I mean, it was just like, that's pretty good balance. I like that, Pierre. But yeah, it's it's a little bit too ridiculous. I get why there is such a big limit, you know, on only three power unit components because you want the teams to develop reliability in a way that, you know, does kind of shake things up. So maybe add something to that point, but... It's 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 a balance, isn't it? It does give us a bit of a mixed-up grid towards the end of the season. It kind of gives a bit of drama to the sport as well. You know who's going to make it uh, and who's going to keep all their power unit components. It does put more emphasis on reliability. So teams like Mercedes are actually you know they're buzzing in terms of like their reliability throughout the season. But it doesn't look great. You know, it's just it, I think it makes it even more difficult for the casual fans because it's like they probably don't understand it, and it still frustrates me. So. To me, it is just give them one more power unit component. So four across the season for, for the entire power unit. And I think that's kind of a good balance. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the only thing that I think they can change because otherwise... I mean, like, is
2: that, yeah, I is think that enough cool... though? I think it's also the issue that the reason I think they can't do it at the moment is, is basically due to the cost cap. Um, that's how they've got in, in your allotted amount. That's what, you, in theory, you should fit into your budget. But then anything extra from that, obviously, there's going to be additional resource. So if you were to add on an extra like uh, uh, engine, sort of unit or whatever it could be, um, in theory, you shouldn't be then exceeding that, those budgets because if you've got a set amount, that's I think that's the main reason why they can't
1: really be doing that. I because think they, they are, are actually bringing... increasing it. Yeah, because there's more yeah. races next year, so they are raising it. But yeah. that's only because of but the there's races. Only two They're more still races. Not yeah, it's still not yeah. enough.
0: Cuz I mean I I agree. I I, I think it will be interesting to see with four next year. Um because what you've got 22 races this year divided by 3 is just over 7. So you're expected to if if you're not going to jump into that allocation, you need to get at least 7, which is quite a lot. 24 divided by 4 is six, so there's a, a, l- a little bit less, right? But it's still quite a lot to ask. And you like to think reliability upgrades are allowed with these engines going forwards, um, not performance upgrades, but reliability w- ones are allowed. So I think that's part of the solution. But for me, I, I just think the bigger part of this whole thing is just the lack of clarity and, and the yeah. lack that, that the fact that there was there was so little in terms of concise communication. You can't tell me that there's not a way that the FIA can come up with a system, right? If you get because because all of these penalties are human made penalties, right? People people are being like, right? You need that penalty because you've taken that. You can't tell me that there's not like F one, the richest sport in the world has not cannot develop an automated system, right? Where all right, you have that penalty, you have that penalty press, and then it automatically rejigs. Now, obviously, when we were watching qualifying, which you didn't out because you're a highlight merchant. Um, There was, apart from Crofty occasionally mentioning, oh, a lot of people got engine penalties. There was no like, nothing in the graphics, nothing to clearly and concisely showcase. Okay, so Lewis has qualified P5 or whatever, but actually he'll be starting P18. Like, for me, Matt, there's no reason why
2: that system can't exist. Oh yeah, I mean like these things like you could easily make that in like a spreadsheet using like Excel coding and like that stuff you can yeah. already kind of do and I think like the biggest thing that, that the F1 coverage missed out on is like what you mentioned there is trying to explain all these penalties to like a new viewer so like you could say, you know Lewis Hamilton, the most he will qualify uh, although yeah, he's qualifying against twenty of uh, 19 other drivers um, they should sort of say like well the maximum he can get on the uh, grid is like maybe P8 because he's got this engine penalty and live show you okay here's where Mm. they've actually qualified like one timing tower but here's what they it now means with the penalties because obviously yeah it's hard to keep track but when you've got that data there it should be pretty clear cut like it's not Mm. like obviously only um, after qualifying some people might want to take more penalties or whatnot but then even going back to that like it's Maybe adding on, like, uh, an extra allowance is one answer. Or is there, like, another av- um, avenue we can look down onto? Maybe you know you have to start from the pit lane, not right necessarily to the back of the grid. Or does your penalty cross over to multiple races? Because you, we've seen it before, you know, where someone's got, like, a 25-place grid drop. And so obviously that just means to just go back to the back of the grid. So then they've actually capitalised on not using, utilising the, the most of their penalty. So is there, mm. like, a discussion there, Tomo, do you think, of, like, maybe carrying over penalty which hasn't been used because basically it's like first come first in it like if you've got like a 15 place drop um because of your engine and then your teammate I then think that does it just after confuses you. people
1: more in the next race like it just i don't know
2: yeah I, I just think they need to like whatever the
0: system they decide on like they just need to make it clear i, I think that mm. the fact that you had the drivers tweeting about it the fact that no one knew what was going on You even had like Jonathan Wheatley still like having a moan just before the race started being like, oh, we see if we can get Max P4. Not that he needed it in the end. Um, I I just, yeah, I just think the clarity thing would clear it up. And there's definitely a solution because we're always going to get this at this kind of time of year when we're into the, you know, second, third of the season. You're going to start seeing engine penalties. So. Just make it happen, F1. Just make also, better
1: by engines. We <laughs> have to remember also that this was, uh, with the with the E90 fuels, Like this was a brand new kind of, not a brand new uh, engine period, but there was a lot it's more true. reliability uh, issues at the beginning of the season because they were getting used to these brand new fuels. And so... Yeah, that's why we didn't have as much of it in 2021 because the teams had to adapt so much more for the power units this year. So I think that kind of plays into it as well. Maybe next mm-hmm. year, once they're much more, you know, once they've yeah. had all the research and all the development, maybe it won't be as bad. Mm. And,
0: and that's why I think a knee-jerk reaction, like, again, exactly as you say, I think we need to take that context into account. They are just getting on the top of these new, uh, they're not new engines from the ground up, but they are very different engines. Um, yeah. But someone who didn't have an issue with their engine certainly was a Mr. Max Verstappen. Because I mean, Matt, I, I was quite shocked of how quickly he was able to make progression. Even passing your boy Daniel Ricardo before they even had DRS, man, with that yeah. pretty chunky rear wing as well they had, had on the Red Bull like it was crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think Max I think the Red Bulls <clears throat> excuse me, the Red Bulls were the only ones who didn't have a proper modified, like proper flat wing. It was proper huge. But I mean like I think it's just it's him and that car. It's just they're so like you know whether the drivers they always, always talk about being so connected with the car where you're not even actually thinking about like like it's almost like the perfect lap to, as it were and i think max has pretty much got that now with his car i mean we've known this now for, for the past few few races that like yeah even in the opening stages of races he doesn't even need drs or even ers to like overtake anyone on track and he just seemed to be like in the league of his own and we, we really saw the extent of that when uh, i think leclerc had to pit for the first time then we saw the extent of like the actual interval between him himself and uh, uh, Verstappen, and that's where we could actually see. Okay, here's a data of how quick he's been just coming through the pack, or, and just or just mm-hmm. getting just getting far ahead. Um, it's a shame though we're not seeing it on the other side of the garage r- now. Unfortunately, I feel like we, we're starting to see a repeat of what's happened last year. Um, because I've always because like if you could have just imagined though both those drivers being at the same level as Max with that sort of the control they have the car. I feel that team will kind of be pretty much unstoppable this, particularly this season. Um, But yeah, I I don't know about you, but like, it's just, I just, it's, it's a bit of a weird one because it's, it's like a boring narrative because Max is dominating so much, but it's also, you should be congratulating it because that means that the team and the driver himself have worked so hard to get to this point where now they're making it look easy, but obviously that's, that's going to ignore years and like uh, so much hours put in from the, from the team back, back at the base. Yeah, it's, it's funny how like, you know, the, the Mercedes cars dominated for eight years
0: mm. and it's it's been like half a season of Max Verstappen, not even complete domination. And yeah, I, I, I you know, it, it does quick, you quickly get to that stage out. where it feels like it's just inevitable that he's going to win.
1: It's almost, yeah, inevitable is the right word. I mean, we're just any, I think I tweeted this actually, like it doesn't matter where he starts, like anything that's thrown at him, any grid position that they put him in, put them in, put him in 20th. And it just seems almost like, you know, he, he's surefire to win. Um, I think even Leclerc actually in the post quality interview, uh, he was, the, one of the questions he was asked, uh, and Moxie Max was starting back at like, what was it P7 or something? P8? And, mm. um, or p9 but yeah basically even even leclerc was asked like do you think max can you know do you think max is gonna is gonna win it and he's like miles back and leclerc's like yeah pro like he was just saying yeah he's gonna be in, he's gonna be in the fight he's gonna be in the fight obviously so Can't it's just, it's incredible at, at the moment yeah they they seem to turn up like with a monaco speck or something just full downforce in monza or something but yeah it's just max obviously in the rb18 he's kind of they've fine-tuned it so well across uh, across the season They've developed it. Clearly, it's gone uh, swung a little bit more towards Max. But again, the law of averages, even though it might have swung away from Sergio Perez, in terms of the points that they're scoring, because Max is getting all of these wins, it's worth mm. it. So, yeah, it's, mm. Max is just absolutely smashing it. Um, and yeah, Adrian, Adrian Newey does it again. I mean, he's just, it's just unreal as well. I mean, I know there's like this whole like Adrian Newey merchant, uh, thing going around. I remember people like put Seb, uh, under that tag, but th- there's a lot of Adrian Newey merchants over the past like 30 years, like Nigel uh, Mansell, Damon Hill, Jacques Villeneuve. There's a lot of Adrian Newey merchants. So yeah, credit to that guy. And obviously credit to the guy that's actually performing out there on the track and winning from literally everywhere unstoppable it almost seems like a foregone conclusion now but it's still amazing to watch this a generational driver and uh it was another great performance in monza i think even if the race wasn't wasn't as exciting you can't take and whatever happened at the end you can't take anything away from max he put ferrari under pressure the ferrari fans i tell you were going to be sweating when they saw max chasing down leclerc after about five or so laps so (sighs) it's all credit to him it's
0: a well-earned victory regardless of um how it finished. But yeah, I, I think the race kind of settled in. Obviously, you had Max making his way through. Carlos was also making good progress um, progression mm. throughout the race. More so than Lewis, obviously. You could I think you could really see where that Ferrari and that Red Bull just have that <clears throat> bit extra performance and it was taking a bit more time for Lewis to come through. But then obviously on lap 12, I think it was uh, Sebastian Vettel, which we haven't seen many Mercedes failures from kind of a, a PU point of view. And I think it was, let me just check. Uh, yeah, it was engine for Seb. Um, that obviously caused Ferrari to pull Schoel in on his soft tires onto mediums. Now, it's easy to say in hindsight, the fact that Schoel had to stop again, um, before the safety car came out, do we think it was a mistake to not put the hards on or did the hards just not have performance, I guess? Cause it, it's easy in this instance to be like, oh, Ferrari squandered it, yeah. blah, 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 which they mm. have on many an occasion, but also on some occasions, you just got to put your hands up and be like, whatever Ferrari
2: would have done, they probably would have still got passed by Max.
0: Was it one of them? Do you think
2: that? Yeah, I think it's like, I I personally thought the call to jump into the pits, I was like, you know what? Fair play. They're they're going aggressive with it. Maybe going for a two stop as it were. Um, But the issue is, I think obviously in hindsight, all of us must have think like, go, yeah, go onto the hards. It'll be fine. But from everyone's sort of data, what they Prior, learn the hards just weren't ever getting to into that optimum temperature. Every, that's why everyone loves riding the mediums, um, at, or like this season because they can get up to temperature good, it can stay there and it won't deteriorate that much. Whereas the hards, it's a bit more of a risky strategy. So, I can see why Ferrari did go to the mediums, however, and I do think the call for them to go into the pitch under VSE. Which also went, which kind of ended quite quickly as well. It um, ended before he got out of the pitch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he, he, I mean, he took it pretty quickly. Like I, I know there's a bit of t- time delay on the radio message when they're telling him to box. There is a bit of, de- like, a 20-second or so delay. Um, but no one else, I don't think anyone's really properly capitalised on it. Um, so I thought the call was good. But obviously, in hindsight, it's easy to be, like, going to the hards.
1: But, um yeah i think it depends what data they had because the problem they had in hungary where they obviously went on to the hards is that it was a bit incompetent by the team in terms of they didn't they didn't gather the data in the in the limited time that they had both uh, during fp1 before fp2 was obviously kind of washed out a little bit uh they didn't get the data on the hard tires so they were like yeah let's just put you know leclerc on and ultimately it was a disaster if their data said that yeah the mediums are going to make it you know till the end of the race then you know, that's, that that's just ultimately what their data and what their strategy said. I think it was, he was the only person, he was the only driver to pit actually, uh, on lap 12, uh, for that, under that VSE. So to me, I didn't mind the pit. Um, and also it was, it was interesting with the hard tires because at that moment, it was only Perez that had moved on to the hard tires on, on lap seven. So yeah, that was really even early. At, yeah. yeah. Even looking at what Perez did, it's kind of difficult to see whether the hard tires were the right call or not. I actually didn't mind it. I thought that uh, what I thought from that moment is that at least they kind of got, you know, that 10 second buffer of, that that they've cut that down from what would be a regular stop, so that's fine. But you need to commit to the two stop early. It was very obvious, very quickly, that Leclerc was not going to make it on the one. I don't, I don't think he would have made it on the one stop because I think Max would have had too much pace. But I, I also come back to the fact that I think Max just had too much pace. Full stop. Like any mm. strategy, Ferrari yeah. would have done. Like I think uh, Max would have done the opposite. Like if Leclerc just kept carried on, Max would have pitted and maybe still overtook him. So yeah, it was a tough one. I don't mind the go. You know, I don't mind them going on the mediums if they think that the hard maybe wasn't their tire, but. Yeah, ultimately I think they just yeah, Max was just too good.
0: Yeah, cuz I, I think the um you know, Charles pitted lap 13. Max didn't pit on the same tire on the soft till lap 26. So uh, the fact that they had Sergio out on the hard tires, I think Red Bull probably had enough data from Sergio to know that the hard probably wasn't the tire to be on um mm. at the time. But obviously yeah, I Max mean,
1: Sergio like stormed through the field by the way on the hard no, tires. No,
0: exactly. He 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 was seemingly struggling a bit on them. I, th- I think Carlos made his way past Sergio, didn't I? I, se- I seem to remember that at some stage. Um, yeah. But one driver I want to talk about who had a surprisingly poor race and didn't end up finishing in the end. And I don't want to come straight to you, Aldas, because he's your boy. Fernando Alonso in the Alpine. I was expecting big th- things from Alpine this weekend. I thought, you know, that car's good in a straight, very good in a straight line. Um, with all the penalties around him, I-, I was like, I think Alonso's got a great shot at top five, if not top three. And... Just nowhere, pace-wise. Uh, you heard the wow on the radio, right? That was pretty... Uh, that that almost gave me GP3 engine vibes. Fernando yeah.
1: Nu. <laughs> Fernando Nu. Listen, this guy's been around. He's been around <laughs> many... Uh... <laughs> This guy's been around oh, many... Boy, he's, unexploded... been around. he's been around the block, exactly. mate. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's experienced many GP2 engines and many engines that blow up. And what I found hilarious is that he straight away messes like radioed his team is like, guys, something's wrong here. Are we, are we like down on power? And his race engineer was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's all good, mate. It's all good. The, d- the day is fine. The day is fine. And he goes like, wow. And then literally, <laughs> what is it? Like on lap, 30 lap 31 or yeah. yeah, lap 31, 31 the, it goes kaput. And I'm just like, of course, of course it does. Water,
2: water um, pressure, part apparently. Me, part, part of me really was thinking it was going to be like him just insulting the Alpine car because obviously he's leaving because he's be like, wow, what, yeah. a, what, what a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: but do, do you know, I do, find it, I, I do find it kind of strange, though. I mean, the driver's telling you something is not wrong and the race engineer's like, yeah, 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 date is good, mate. Date is good. Just keep going. Um, but anyway, Alpine, yeah, a bit disappointing, to be honest. No, the pace wasn't quite... Hmm. I'm not quite sure what it was, actually, because maybe, potentially it was the tyres and he just he really struggled to even ki- uh, keep up with the McLaren. So... Yeah, ultimately, uh, I think even Esteban Ocon didn't have a great race. So clearly both cars didn't quite really work, which was very surprising because we know from, uh, you know, tracks like Baku and also Spa as well. They're really good in the straight straight line, line but there was something about Monza is actually quite specific in terms of like the characteristics that or in terms of what this track has. The kind of like the slow speed corners, only really the parabolic is kind of the really high speed corner. So, Mm. yeah, something about that car just wasn't working around there. And if anything, Fernando, I still think he would have finished in the points, to be honest, because... I think he would have been ahead of DeVries and Joe. So yeah, unfortunately, his 10 race point scoring streaker has stopped, but it's over. (laughs) It's over. But, uh, yeah, a bit disappointing. Again, more bad luck for Fernando. But yeah, I think that Alpine need to realize, kind of work out why is, why was it not working? Was it the tire life? Was it Mm. the car just wasn't in the right window? Because Esteban Ocon struggled just as much. So yeah, a bit disappointing for sure. But, and and also, you know, McLaren are making moves like they are are still within kind of touching distance of uh, Alpine and the constructor. So, I'm not sure that fight is over yet.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, if, if it wasn't for the... Uh, which you, you, You'd appreciate this, Matt. If it, if it wasn't for his engine <laughs> failure, then there would have been both McLarens in the points, which, you know... Decent I, points I, as I, well. I, yeah, that, that's what I mean. And I think they need it if they want to put up a fight against mm. Alpine. Um, something I want to mention happened shortly after the... Well, obviously, Leclerc came in for his second pit stop, put on the softs. Hamilton's double overtake. Wow. Now... Oh. No, no, whoa. whoa. Oh. you, you, Aldas, specifically, right, you, when I said Hamilton's double overtake at Silverstone was great, you were like, oh, it was just cars in front battling, it wasn't even a proper overtake. <laughs> this is the same thing. It was just as good. No, no? it's not. No, no, no it's not. Why they is went it not the same tr- thing? Because they went off the track, whereas yeah. like here in Monza, they were on the track. So, so, there's, there's two cars still battling. There's two no, cars no, no, still battling in front. Why does it matter if they got off track or not?
2: On this occasion, Hamilton changed his line so then he had a better launch going off the yeah, corner. Yeah, which is what he did last time. No, in, no he in, didn't. In, in he, in just Silverson... line, in Leclerc... he just drove the no, 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 racing no, no, no. line. In Silverstone, he just drove the normal racing line.
1: Did you watch Silverstone, mate? Are we, are we thinking of the I same did. overtake?
0: <laughs> you can't like, This was a great... We, we all
2: agree it was a great overtake.
1: Hell Ooh, yeah. Brilliant. It was
2: so good. So, yeah. so good.
0: But it's opportunistic. He put himself in the right place to capitalise on the cars the diff- in front of him But scrapping. the difference is, in, the Silverstone,
1: in Silverstone, the difference is that I think it was Sergio Perez that forced Leclerc off. So I think it was Leclerc that yes. was actually off the track or something. So mm-hmm. Hamilton yes. just did his regular yeah, but line. Yeah, he- you carry the speed. You carry the speed. Yeah, but he would have carried the same speed even if they weren't there. He just avoided. He just avoided them here. Whereas he with this, took a this completely scenario, different line. He had to
2: go a proper different line to it. Like you, you see on the onboard. But even when he's going into the corner, he's almost going full lock on the on the curb because he knows he has to go all the way to the right. Don't to go make me get the up left. the
0: replay of Silverstone. <laughs> anyway, no, okay. Lewis,
2: okay. Did,
0: <laughs> Lewis didn't take the racing line because how could he have taken the racing line when there were cars on the outside of the exit? Like he, he had because to take a more the compromised circuit. line. <laughs> no. No, one car was off the circuit, not
2: both. Yeah, he did not so take the racing line. There, there, there you go, there you go. So one car was off the circuit. The other car was pretty yeah. much on the edge. In this scenario, both of them were both. on the circuit. So right in yeah. front of each other. Yeah, on but he the. Didn't take the side. You said you said <laughs> he took the racing line. He didn't
0: take the racing line. He took a cop. He, he he took a compromised exit out of that corner both times they're I'm different sorry, overtakes right? they're
2: different overtakes let us know in the comments are, are you team Toro or Monzo, team fraud all right as monza is the slowest <laughs> corner it's basically going from like a standstill and so it was basically it was almost like a drag race from it from that point and he had the better launch because he was on the newer tires whereas and in they're, the also, Silverstone, they're already carrying no so much speed
1: and they're also completely different corners as well the monza one is purely a traction corner what i really liked what i really liked about the overtake actually is that he was reading them like a book. He knew exactly what, you know, Lando was coming out the pits, obviously on kind of cold tyres. He, he read them like a book. He knew that they were going to, you know, Gasly was struggling and Lando was going to try and get the kind of his slipstream. So he took a, on the exit of turn one, he took a completely different line purely on acceleration and he even boxed Lando in. Like, Lando had no place to go because Gasly was a little bit slower and Lewis was, was already there. So it was just a really smart move where, like, it looks easy, but that's because he anticipated and put his car in the absolute best place of where he needed to be. It was it's just a t- fantastic, t- 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 fantastic t- description
0: <laughs> of the uh, Silverstone overtake there. That's very good.
1: Right, next <laughs> L- Lando on fresh ties in Silverstone, yeah? Lando came out Williams- fresh
0: ties. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I will go on to Latifi Schumacher, right? I just briefly want to talk about this little scrap, right? Because... That was funny. I, I was looking after was the, the Williams, no DRS, the Williams was the second quickest car, right? Behind the Red Bull, as far as as far as far I've seen in terms of data. Could wow. Be and the Haas was the slowest what did you make of the uh, schumacher Latifi little Because because Mick did lock up, but Latifi
2: gave him a lot of room. Do you, do you think Latifi
0: owed him the room? I
2: suppose. Like, I, think move, I, think the, I, I think the move. I think the. I think the move. I think the one you're talking about is <laughs> <laughs> into, <that> <laughs> into like turn one, right? Yeah, it's uh, turn one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually thought that move was pretty decent. Yeah, he did lock up, but also he didn't hit. Um, he didn't hit Latifi. He didn't go into the gravel. Kept the car on track, and I mean, like, fair play. Actually, was a decent move. But just like, just do that for the rest of the season, and with like every, with all the other people you're driving with, and it's and there's got to be
1: isn't not there a bit of Latifi tax on that though? Do you know what I mean? Like, um, no, it was to be honest, it was actually quite a good little it was a good little battle. Although I will say I was surprised Latifi actually got back past going into I think it was the variant uh, what was it like just before the Lesmos. Mm. Um but I will say it was actually a really good dive bomb by Mick Schumacher because he looked up, he looked like he was sailing right into the sun Latifi at yeah. the last second, got off the brakes, and the car just gripped up perfectly. So he got the move done there, but then Latifi got back ahead of him going into the next phase, which I was really surprised at. I don't know just how Matt that Williams a rocket ship, mate. Clearly. Mm. what well, I mean he's still finished second to last, mate, so I can't be that much of a <laughs> or is it the driver? I mean we'll get to that in a second as well. <laughs> Latifi but... just
0: Latifi just needs to race ovals Um right, come on then. Let's let's talk about it. Um both I guess yes or no um was was the race finishing under safety car no nah, it's not a yes or no question is it This is far too nuanced for that what what am I F1 Twitter yeah. um, <laughs> okay so basically yellow flag came out safety car they wanted to push daniel's car away but it was in gear wasn't in neutral so they weren't able to push it so they had to bring out the cherry picker to pick the car up take it off track boom by the time that was all done, um, we were on the last lap, so we weren't able to carry on racing. Aldas, thoughts? Talk to me.
1: Oh, boy. Um, In <laughs> terms of what actually happened, I think, first of all, let's just get something straight. It happened at the end of the race. That always puts the FIA, that always puts decisions in at a tricky point. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, I mean, the race was over, let's be honest, as if Leclerc was going to overtake an 18-17 second gap, so the race was over if you know if you want to compare it to like abu dhabi 2021 um but the thing is who would is, want I've, to do that
0: Aldis? That not yeah who would
1: want to do that crazy <laughs> um but i think to be honest, in terms of the whole red flag thing i did think that maybe you know in hindsight the red flag might have been the right thing but at the same time it does set a bit of a strange precedent at first, because the way the situation developed is that at first it looked like, you know, his car is just stranded, they'll push it back, no need for a red flag, no need to kind of escalate the situation for one car, because then it kind of sets a bit of a strange precedent, you know, is every single stranded, like, single car just going to be a red flag? So, uh, you know, I I will put that kind of into the mix, but it very clearly kind of turned out that this car is going to be very difficult to take away, because number one, the Marshalls spent a good one or two laps uh, trying to move it, and then they couldn't, so you're running out of time this entire time, it's just getting more and more pressurized. And then the whole, you know, when the cherry picker was brought out, then it was kind of like, yeah, th- this race is not going to get restarted because uh, at the speed that it's going. And also, where the, the there was actually a mistake in terms of where the safety car came out and which mm. car it picked up because it didn't mm-hmm. pick up Max. It picked up George, which was a little bit strange. So that is definitely something that the FIA need to look at because then that meant that Max had to do another lap and kind of catch up. So that took away even more time. And by the time the whole lap cast thing happened, I think it was what, like lap 51 at that point, And we knew that we were going to finish behind the safety car and there wasn't going to be any racing. So the question, you know, if you're asking, should there be a red flag? In hindsight, maybe yes. Maybe that's what we need. You know, should the end of the race and should we prioritize entertainment at the end of the race and to make sure that a race does not finish under the safety car I think that's a question that actually should be posed to the drivers, to the teams, to the fans as an open discussion because otherwise that should be a, a rule. Like if there is a certain amount of laps or a percentage of the race left and an, and an incident like that happens, should that just be standard procedure like, you know, a red flag so that we get an exciting finish? But if that is, you know, what people want, I think that should be a rule. So that's not necessarily open to interpretation, but it should be a hard and fast rule. In terms of what happened today, I don't mind that they threw out the safety car and kind of left it because... We ran out of laps, you know, like I said, in Abu Dhabi in 2021, what should have happened is that the race should have just finished under the safety car because we ran out of laps. A race is a finite amount of laps. And, you know, if you want to add more than that, just creates even more trouble and even more controversy. So, yeah, it was just a bad incident. There were little errors again by the FIA, like where this what happened with the safety car and some of the miscommunication that the commentary box even picked up on. But in terms of what happened, I'm not too mad about it, even though I think that going forward, we can improve it. And I think the FIA should improve it.
2: Nah, go I on, disagree. Matt. I'm sorry, man. Go like on, Matt. it's go off for, for, for me. It, it should have been a red flag, and that's not from an entertainment standpoint. That's from a safety standpoint. So, Daniel Ricciardo stops. He, 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 I think, I don't know if he left it in gear or if, it, if the car somewhat got beached. Either way, the marshals couldn't they couldn't move it. It was not so, Daniel's
0: fault, course- I'm sure, Matt. I'm sure. <laughs>
2: Whatever, I don't care. Um, (laughs) So basically, yeah, the way it works out, obviously, yeah, yellow flags, bring out the safety car when the car is literally still stuck onto the track. Um, And so that is literally so then the marshals can see if they can push it or not. And once you've deduced that you can't move it... And you need to bring out a different piece of machinery onto it. That's then straight away should be a red flag. And the reason it's a red flag for this scenario, maybe for a different track, is one: the car's actual position on track. That's a very thin piece of the racetrack. It's not like he's he spun off into the runoff or into the gravel. It was and it wasn't that near the, the
1: barrier as well. It was quite far away from where the or yeah, where Like
2: obviously, it was yeah, it was it was like it was in its position. It was next to the barrier, but where the exit, of where it could go, was still was a bit of a far far back to it so the reason i'm always saying is like red flag is because we've seen horrific accidents before like jewel Jewel bianchi you know the horrific accident that happened there which could have in some could argue could have been avoided if it was a red flag or whatnot and for all unseen circumstances and if you're having to bring machinery onto a racetrack which is huge with dangerous machinery like it's it's just huge and weighty there could be when we've seen stuff before behind uh, drivers behind safety car. You know George Russell where he spun out before from pure accident. I know he was warming up the tires, but you know stuff like this can happen, and it takes one small little mistake for then something like dramatically like uh, upsetting to happen. And so then if you're having to put machinery onto the track, that's for me on when I'm like no straight away red flag it because, like as I said, it's on a small thin part of the circuit. Um, I don't mind that the, the, the race ended up in the safety car. I fully agree that, like, yeah, you only got a certain amount of laps to go. But my choice of it being a red flag is not on a uh entertainment value the same with, back with like like abu dhabi when latifi crashed you know like i also said that should have been a red flag not for entertainment because it's a risk to the drivers you know in that case case with latifi that they, they had a load of dirt and, and uh, sorry dust and having to cover the oil and check the barriers and in this scenario it's a car that's right next to the racetrack but um tommy what, what's your thoughts on it mate because I'm, I'm interested are you team red flag or team not red flag it's one of the right, you you can't be chucking out
0: red flags willy nilly. So you you want racing, you want things like a safety car does a job a lot of the time. There's no reason from, from my point of view that they can't analyze each track beforehand to be like, right where, if a car breaks down in a certain area, what is the level of, because look, it it stopped on the, it stopped on the inside of the track. So you're going to have to either push the car across the track to recover it or get a, you know a cherry picker to come in and drive across the track there's no way of of safely because I I agree that as soon as you're getting big machinery on that track and we've seen it before whether it's like Stroll trying to unlap himself I think at Imola where he almost hit some um, marshals whether it is like you say with George in Imola where he just dropped it under the safety car like we forget when the safety car's out they're still going fucking quick like that but Mylander is going like the clappers. He's going full send in that Aston Martin. Now, obviously, I'm sure he'll he'll slow down and go and past the cherry picker. But the, I mean, we I don't know if you've seen that the helicopter shot of, of and you can see Nick DeVries kind of like he, he doesn't very, see yeah.
1: it and he kind of breaks and that something something was wrong with that yeah like that especially I thought was super dangerous so I was surprised he wasn't actually looked at in terms of like he really he was almost like trying to like do a half overtake I know that's not, not what he was trying to do but it looked like it and he was almost like really close to the to the, when to he was, the I, I
2: think he was probably unsighted right he, he, yeah. and, and again I, like- and obviously like the drivers are they're being, they're being told where the accident is right um, hmm. and I think there was even a case where we were mentioned before where the safety car came out in the wrong position or held up the wrong position and George overtook the safety car before I think he actually saw the lights to do that although that was the correct thing for him to do i don't think he actually got properly instructed to go past so that's one the scenario message where... had not reached
1: the teams Yeah, that's the problem yeah. there was miscommunication so there
2: yeah so that's one scenario where a driver has made his own decision and not knowing things on track there's another thing where let's say the safety car is yeah going past the incident and you've got drivers who are now speeding up to catch to the back of the queue it takes them one corner to go around the corner to be like oh here's everyone now i'm going to quickly move to the side so i don't crash into the back of them because they're really slowed up and then that's your issue there so that's why that's why that's why i'm pushing for the for the red flag again it, it's not th- they're then. still
0: going quick under a safety car and i just think when there is you know to recover that car took well it was six laps in here but it it's 47 when Ricardo broke down and we yeah. didn't get the race restarted with we, six laps to go so in in that instance i just think you know the red flag is it's written in the rules and and this is one of those things where it's just like You've got the rules that are written in a certain way, but they've they've all. Then you've also got the way that you, like all all three of us and everyone listening and watching, what we want racing to be and what we think racing should be. And there's always going to be certain little little things that we disagree on. But I think in this instance, like a red flag when there is particularly around safety. And I agree with Abu Dhabi. I, there, there was fluid on the track from Latifi's car. There was damage to a damage to a barrier. I think in that instance you chuck a red flag and you neutralize the race and everyone still has got their position. Everyone can go on soft tires and just go like the clappers to the end because yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's one of them that it's, it's sport. Sport is entertainment. Entertainment is important, but part of what makes sport entertaining is the rules. You, you have to, if, if, if you just did what you wanted every time, yeah, it wouldn't have because you wouldn't know what you're expecting. And, and I think that, this is a good instance, and I'd argue the same about the whole um, super license thing, conversation around Colton Hutter. I think this is a good instance to look at what is currently in place and and question it. Because look at the end of the day, last year, Abu Dhabi, a decision was made based on entertainment and not by based on what is written in the rules. And everyone's meant to be following by the same rule book. So in this instance, I think the FIA... You know, could they have 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 shown a red flag? Yes, but once they did put the safety car out, I think, you know, they followed the rules to the
1: to the to the nth degree. But it was also a shit
0: finish to a race. On Abu
1: Dabby as well, like what even complicates the situation there is that there was articles before where Michael Mazzy basically just was saying that the teams agreed that in, a, in an ideal concert, in an ideal situation, they didn't want any red flags. So even th- that already mud- muddied the water going into the race. But you know, yeah. luckily we didn't have that, you know, any kind of deals or anything going on like that. But I'm not necessarily like against the red flag. I'm not on team red flag or not. It's just I think every situation is so difficult. And I think what, what really made it even more complicated is that it was so late in the race. And because of that, yeah. um, because they lost two or three laps because the car wasn't able to push back, be able to push back. Yeah, by that point, the stewards just kind of thought maybe, you know, they were kind of happy for it to end on the safety car and that it was going to be pulled back. But there was definitely a point where I thought, you know, if, if, if that car straight away we knew that it couldn't be, uh, couldn't be pushed back, I wouldn't have been opposed to the red flag because that's what it's there for. But again, every situation mm. requires nuance and you can't but just throw out red um, flags. Imagine this. Yeah.
0: Imagine this was the title decider. Imagine th- there's oh, Le- we go. Leclerc, Verstappen. <laughs> Imagine this was the title decider, right?
1: Leclerc, that's like, hopeful, mate. Leclerc, Verstappen. You, you
0: can you can look at it, right? And you can look at how you know, oh, it was it's six um, laps of, of safety car at the end, and uh, you know, whoever wins the title doesn't matter. If if it was a title decider, you can understand the, the pressure to get the race going again. But the problem with with, with Abu Dhabi, right? the whole, all, all cars have to overtake the safety car. No one gives a shit about that rule. No, no mm. one cares about that rule out of that context, but it's a rule. And and that's the point. It's a rule. If it's written down, it's a rule. That is how the sport should be officiated. I just think this is an instance where the use of a red flag, it's difficult because in one instance, I'm like, the sport shouldn't be officiated differently depending on, on the context, the circumstance. It should just be boom, boom, boom. You officiate in the same way all the time. But, I think when it's like towards the end of a race and whether it's the title decider or the first race of the season, I do think that some of it, some, especially what you don't want to happen, right? Is is them to rush to get the race going again. And then it causes a safety related issue, right? Because they've rushed too quick because they felt under pressure to get the cars going out again. And then something bad happens that could have been avoided. That's the problem. And it's like, Chucking a red flag, you feel like I don't know,
2: Matt. I, I just feel like it 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 neutralises the race. That's what uh, I'm saying. I think, like honestly, I think if we, I think if as soon as the marshals had said to like race control, who they're continuing comms with, um, mm. I'd said to them. Yep, there's no, there's no way we're moving this. We need to get the cherry picker out. As soon as that happens, that's when, like, right, they've determined, right, we're stopping the r- race on this lap here. Yes, you do get four more laps of racing, as it were. But again, it's always just... For I me, don't think it would have been
1: four by that point. I think it would have been, like, two. But still then, next. Yeah, I reckon it
2: would have been a couple. Even if that was just a couple... It's more of a safety issue because like you can talk hypotheticals of, oh, you know, well, if you're doing a standing start or a rolling start, maybe someone's gonna go for the dive bomb, someone's gonna go for the lunge, but that's a driver's then taking the risk. Yeah, that's racing. Yeah, that's no problem with that. That's racing. Whereas with this scenario, it's a third party intervening which could cause damage to those drivers. Um and that's where I'm like that's, I don't I wouldn't mind if it's if if it's a title contention, if it's the first race of the season, or even today like Monza. I think like personally, yeah, a red flag is better for the safety, but then also it then obviously would help out with the entertainment side of things because then it means, yeah, everyone's on brand new, um, brand new tyres. Yes, it does mean that whatever gaps you've you've created during the um during the race are now have now been shrunk. But that's racing. That's deal what a safety it. car does anyway. Like, yeah, precisely. So in that case scenario then it should be like, okay, well if yeah. the red, if if the if the race is restarted from four laps ago or if 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 it's just with a safety cards go, it should be no different then basically. Well,
0: you can't add more laps, which is what NASCAR does. I think NASCAR uh it will add an extra five laps or there's something there's something around if a red flag drops, they'll like add fuel and they'll they always always finish the race under race conditions yeah, but mm. maybe
2: it's just yeah if and there's, a, a, if there's e a certain percentage time well. left or yeah. e, um, actually time I was going to say yeah I was literally about to say that Aldis yeah like with Formula E they have it a little bit like football ha- put on added time so any time you've lost um, during uh, during like when you're going for a virtual safety car or when you're doing safety car or, or even a red flag they add on in theory what the time you've lost is as laps because but that, in that terms wouldn't work
1: of... for Formula 1 because of the fuel they're so yeah, fuel the limited yeah the fuel would still be burnt off it only lasts the amount of laps like George Ross has to do fuel saving uh, midway through the stint
2: but then that's kind of then it well maybe this is why we're having a chat about it because maybe that might be something where you potentially if there is like a red flag maybe you can put in a certain amount of fuel back into the car which has been determined by uh, by race control because in theory if you think about it the amount of laps are being put out there it's not because of the FIA or because of what Formula One are wanting, it's because of the TV rights they give out. Because mm. when you're selling your TV rights, you've only got a certain amount of time you have. That's why sometimes when you see a live broadcast, it'll go back to your three presenters who literally be like, thank you for watching, bye-bye, and then straight off, because they, they haven't got any time to dabble mm. anymore. Um, so... It's all. It can be extended, and that's what Formula E have done. And I don't want to say like Formula E do it perfect because they don't. But I'm saying though that you could, in theory, put some more into that if you needed to. I'm not saying in this scenario though that is the answer um, because I think then obviously there's a certain threshold I think where the amount of laps you do in a race is where you cannot no longer then do a standing start is in like a rolling start. Mm. I think I, this, this, is this is a good point those... though to look. I think cool. this is a
1: good point to look at the rules though. I mean, it's it's a good talking mm. point in terms of like where what Formula One should do going forward, like. Uh, I think this was kind of like almost like a little lesson, you know, we we should, especially for 2023, like, you know, sort out tra- stuff like, well, we've sorted out track limits for 2022, you know, the wireline defines uh, the track, whatever the drivers, you know, think of that. I think this is a good opportunity to look ahead what in terms chance, of like, yeah, what should we do if there is an incident in the last, you know, 10% of the race or 10 laps? Like, again, I was not opposed to the red flag. I think it was just... I think with two laps to go, the FIA just thought, right, I mean, let's just leave it under the safety car. And ultimately, the race finishes how he finishes. That's what the rules are for us. And we, you know, we we haven't done anything wrong. So, yeah, but I think it's a good thing for F1 and the FIA to look forward. Like maybe red flags, should they be used a little bit more? I mean, uh, we remember like uh, Baku uh, 2021, obviously Max had that big crash and there was a lot more of the race to go. So it's much easier then to throw out a red flag when there's, I forget how many laps there was actually in Baku uh, for that last uh, little shootout. But yeah, it's. I think it's something that Formula 1 definitely need to look at going forward.
0: Yeah, look, it, it's one of them that we all agree on the problem. No one wants to see a race finish under safety cars. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah, but, of course. You know, there, there, there's there's a there's a discussion to be had around what the solution is. So again, if you're watching on YouTube, let us know in the comments below what you think the solution should be. Right, let's get into the head-to-heads, boys, because we're almost an hour in. We haven't even started on it, right? First and foremost. <laughs> we haven't even got Red to record him Norris. Red, <laughs> Red Bull. <laughs> Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez. Oh, I feel like no, we, obviously- we, we, we- we can just get through these quite quick, can't we? Yeah, it's Max, It's Max, isn't <laughs> it? It's another yeah. great drive. Um, Perez, uh, he was okay. Kind of not great in the end of the day.
1: It seems that like gap's growing out of us. I feel like it's getting bigger. It definitely is. But do you know what? Well, actually, the highlight of the race was what I saw on Twitter, what is it? Uh, Max's girlfriend, Kelly. Even she was like yawning. I think oh, got yeah. So- yawning. <laughs> yeah, behind Checo's dad. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, was yeah. quality, by the way. But uh, no, it's got to be. And to be fair, I'm just looking at the championship now. Like when it comes to Sergio Perez, he's still third in the championship. He's doing exactly what a number, a number two needs to do. You know, I think I said it's even last time. It was fun seeing him get these pole positions and wins earlier in the season. But he is the number two and he's doing, you know, he's doing the job that he needs to do as the number two. So yeah it it wasn't a great one by Checo it's not a great run of form for him to be brutally honest but it is what it is and it's got to be Max any
2: thoughts yeah. on Checo Matt uh I kind of really said it already earlier have I just like it's like it seems like a little bit of a repeat of last year he's the the gap is starting to build up a bit it's more than race pace really that, that he's, he's struggling with but again it could be you know obviously the car being tailored to Max but at the same time I don't want to keep saying that excuse because because it's, it's a bit like we'll just deal with it then. Just,
1: just I think Mercedes like, yeah. getting closer just go faster, also, just yeah. Yeah. drive
2: faster. Put, che- put, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly that.
1: I do. I have uh, issue sometimes but all the all the way on the throttle. <laughs> try it. Try it, Checo. It'll work. It's because you can't reach the pedals out. Um, in the last
0: last five five races, Max has won. Checo's finished fourth, fifth, second, fifth, sixth. So yeah, not the best. Um, all right, Ferrari.
1: Uh, Can we talk about the livery, by the way? Um, Obviously, 75. Go on, then.
0: Go off. What are you saying? What
1: are are you thinking? uh, Go off. I I liked it. I thought it was cool. I quite like the yellow vibe. like a kind of like a one-off. The rear wing was
0: fantastic.
1: Oh, it was so nice. The the black and yellow on the rear wing. I think they need to keep that for 2023. But first of all, I was actually shocked that they did it because Ferrari, we know, are kind of like, they're much more reserved. You know, when it comes to Red Bull, they'll easily do like some special livery. But it was cool to see. I thought as a one-off. It was quite nice. I thought that the helmet was absolute chaos. By the way, both of them yellow. Like I, I had no clue who was who, but uh, yeah. and also the one-to-one replica. Did you guys see the price oh online? My days, eighteen yeah, I, I, grand. Yeah, I even saw like mini helmets. The so normal
2: mini helmets for Leclerc are like like one hundred and fifty, and the special edition
1: seven hundred and twenty. Yeah, in, how many square face uh, integrations is that, Tom? When, when <laughs> I saw
0: Leclerc, when I Three. saw Leclerc put that, out, I was like, i, I I love that. I, I think I might actually have to buy this mini helmet. And then, I was, and then I tweeted that and then immediately checked the price. I was like, oh, God, no. Yeah, it's not many. That's, uh, uh, so, yeah. I need more Squarespace integrations. Get them in. This podcast <laughs> is spot. No, it's not really. Um, no, that, 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 that was vibes. Um, yeah, I didn't really like the livery on the car too much. It was just, uh, I yeah, like the think, I, wing, think that, I, I, I don't yeah, understand I don't, why, I don't, why they don't what, have
2: Ferrari on the rear wing anyway. Yeah. Because they don't I, have anything on the rear wing. I think that for me, yeah, that's the one thing I was about to say. Like, it, it seems weird whenever we have the rear shot on the onboard camera looking back. It feels like there should be a sponsor there, but they don't need it, obviously. Mm. So, but I think, yeah, that yellow Ferrari logo on the back needs to stay for next season. But the rest that of it, the best. I just wasn't really a fan. I, I also just I, the driver overalls. I just, I, I in yellow, I just, it just didn't. Sit it doesn't right look with me. right, does it? I, I, yeah.
1: I didn't mind the overalls, but it doesn't look right with Ferrari like seeing them in yellow overalls. But it's, yeah, I, yeah. I, maybe the it's because crew. it was a one off.
2: Yeah. The pit crew looked like minions.
1: They did. Oh, those it reminded I mean, those me of, like, it reminded are me of the uh,
2: the camel uh, to camel tobacco liveried car from before, but I don't think the pit crew were in yellow at that point, but just yeah, mm-hmm. not for me.
0: Um but as for the drivers, which is the more important point, probably <laughs> oh, yeah. um to be fair, I, I, I think Carlos all things considered, I think coming from where he did, I, I mean the show started first and finished second. Carlos kind of made his way out through the field, I thought Carlos did a very good job. I, I don't think you could have expected too much more from him. I think, you know, George was far enough ahead that he wasn't going to challenge him. So
2: I don't really know. What, what do you two think? Do, do you have a strong opinion either way? Uh, not really. I mean, like considering science, what started, was it 18th? I think he started yeah, in in front end. of
1: Hamilton, 18th.
2: And then to come, like, I think fourth. he finished to fourth. And I think he yeah, was think only I'm like, going to give it to Carlos. I think like he was only like 10 seconds away. I would say though, obviously in qualifying, he was, I think it was like... Two or three tenths behind Leclerc, I think. But at the same time, he already knew. I think, like when with those qualifying sessions, when you know you're taking a penalty, it's kind of like, "Well, do you really want to push yourself to get, try and get the millimetre correctness when you already yeah. know you're going to have a, have a bad penalty?" Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I'll give it this one to Carlos because I saw some good moves actually going through. Also, the move on Paris, as well, going for a little little dive into that. Yeah, I'm quite, I'm that was a like good one. that. So and it's mm-hmm. actually been yeah, and and it's like compared to how he started the season when we're really bashing him of like constantly the joke of like him constantly going into gravel Mm -hmm. and stuff. Whereas now I think he is absolutely. So yeah, you know, I'll give this one to uh, science as well.
1: I think Carlos Sainz is a really clever driver. He knows, and he's also very adaptable as well because he was analysing the problems at the beginning of the year. He knew that he was uncomfortable wheel with the car. He ha- he has wheel knowledge, no doubt about it. He's driven for so many teams now as well that he's driven different iterations of cars. So yeah, he was able to adapt and I was, I've was, been really impressed with how he's brought the season back. I mean, he really closed it up to Leclerc in the championship, but I'm still going to go with Charles just because he had the pace on him all week and he had the pace on him in qualifying over most of the practices, I think, as well and ultimately in the race i mean how much it depends what you value really you know do you value a drive like charles in terms of he didn't really make that many mistakes you know you can say about the strategy was that him was that the team uh, or do you prefer the comeback drive you know the amazing kind of comeback drive from uh, 18th to 5th so it's close but i'm gonna go to uh to leclerc and it, at least they got a ferrari on the podium because <laughs> if there was no ferraris on the podium. Oh, my God. Imagine the booze
2: after that. (laughs) That
0: would not have been pretty. Um, All right, Mercedes, uh, Hamilton, Russell. I guess a kind of similar tale to Ferrari. You had one driver who was kind of up the front and kind of held position pretty much and another making their way through. And uh, for the same reason as as Carlos, I'm going to give this to Lewis, because especially given that Mercedes isn't the car that Ferrari and Red Bull have, yet Lewis was still able to make up the places. I think he had to work harder than Carlos did to make those positions. That beautiful double overtake that we all love. Um, I'm Saint Louis. I'm Saint Louis. boys. Yeah, what, I think I've got.
2: I, th- I think I've got to go, Lewis as well. I think like what we're really noticing here though is that like both George and Lewis they are pretty much on equal sort of like pace. I would say. Obviously, Lewis. I think he outqualified Russell in this case, um, but there yep. wasn't that much in it. And so it's a lot close. of times close. yeah and, when, and there's a lot of time we can do hypotheticals of like you know oh but if there wasn't a penalty would lewis be in ahead of george and i think like we we'll can we can just see, see like relative now really like you know george started third i uh, no did he start third no he started second second, second. Started he was second. on the front
1: row almost got leclerc as well one t1 i was buzzing side
2: second ended third <laughs> yeah I think I think because obviously they, they, everyone just kind of drove away from him because everyone's still banging on like oh the Mercedes is going to bounce back it's like it's not it's it's like there's no magical everyone's dreaming of this big upgrade coming soon it's like no Mercedes
1: the half flexi designed- floor technical directive <laughs> it's going to be worth two seconds sorry, keeps banging sorry. on
2: yeah
0: I'm sorry, Aldas, you, you getting excited about George almost overtaking Shot. Ch- you know in Fast and the Furious when he's like, I almost had you. And it's like, you never yeah. had me. You
2: never had your car. Yeah. It's the same vibes, mate. Like, come and on. Like, everyone keeps banging on that. Like, oh, like joy, that, like, that. oh that. Mercedes brilliant. are going to bring, like, an update, upgraded part. And, uh, and they're going to really bounce back. And, like, even, like, I two days ago. That. Even, no, two days ago, I was in a random ass Who, taxi. Who's they? Um, who's they
1: is it just F1 Twitter mate? you yeah, just no, oh, taxi no. drivers taxi yeah, drivers no. that's taxi it A taxi
2: driver two days ago Uber bias he was like what do you do and I'm telling telling about it and he was like oh that Mercedes oh, don't worry though next race he'll win it and I'm like he's not oh gonna. yeah he'll be
0: fine yeah he'll sort it out next week Lewis will get a few more horsepower out of that boat. he'll do it himself mate yeah of course exactly yeah
1: <laughs> easy as that mate easy as that <laughs> who are you giving it to Adas? i guess you gotta well, give it to
0: george haven't you by the logic you gave ferrari no
1: uh no the difference is that oh. lewis actually had the pace over George in qualifying so leclerc yeah, had the did, pace to me did, over science the entire weekend like science just had a good comeback drive <laughs> i think lewis had the pace over yeah. George in qualifying and i think he would have finished ahead of him he got a little bit bogged down during the first kind of stint i think in traffic it took him quite a long time to get up to like p14 p13 but that second half of the race was just incredible like the way you know he kind of got through the traffic on fresh tires mm-hmm. as well and again, the difference why I'm going to go with Lewis is that uh, in qualifying, he he did have the pace over George. And ultimately, that's why I think, again, George, by the way, did a great job. I'm talking as if, like, it's one-sided or something. These guys have been, like, on the same level almost the entire season, which I think is amazing for Mercedes. I think it's amazing for both of them. But this one, I'm going to go to Lewis just. But... George also did a fantastic race, missed yeah. the consistency yet again. Did you see that po- did you see that picture of him on the podium with like the crowd in the back? Oh, it was just vibes. I loved it. I'm I'm just literally yeah.
2: looking at the results I'm qualifying here between George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. It's not point two of a second. Like that's that is, that yeah. is so yeah, tiny. Yeah. Like, yeah. But
0: but I do think I if I'm remembering correctly, I think. Lewis didn't have a toe. I think George <laughs> yes, did have a toe. You are correct.
2: Yeah, yeah. What we, uh, it, uh, the way Lewis put it, it was like it's his turn if he wants to do it. Um, and then Lewis was just on his normal like yeah. program. He was saying so. Um, I was so like a kind of highlight uh,
1: merchant, so I've got to L- tell your word for it.
2: L-
0: <laughs> Lewis has been, I think, since he stopped fannying about with uh, car setups. I think Canada. Lewis has been on top so um but yeah i mean george has been great as well no no question right um next let's talk about let's talk about mclaren (laughs) um now good weekend for ricardo was it better than norris no no so
1: lando still takes the dub but you know what no genuinely i'm gonna go i'm overruling i'm gonna go first it was actually a really good weekend by Daniel. Like this is the level that I think this if, if they were able to perform at this level. Not in terms of where the car is because the car just kind of came alive for both of the drivers, but they were close the entire weekend. Like this was a really good race for for Norris. It was a really good race for Ricardo. I thought what he did in the first in by the way was unbelievable to keep Pierre Gasly behind him mm-hmm. the entire time. Yeah, agreed. I thought that was incredible. Like, I don't know if if the AlphaTauri just didn't have any top end even with DRS by the way. I don't know what they did to turn up the wick on that McLaren, but yeah, that was great. And I thought he he obviously would have scored points as well and some decent points. So a disappointing end uh, to Ricardo, <sighs> but this was arguably, maybe with Australia, his best performance of the year. But yeah. it just goes to Lando. I think Lando the entire time had a bit more pace in his pocket, waiting for that clean air. And when he did get it, eventually he was kind of gone, to be fair. Matt looks shook. That's
2: abso- yeah, absolute bollocks what I'm hearing here. Like, it's just... This is the first time I've had F one T V pro where you can see the all the onboard views. Oh and stuff like here, we and go. Data. here we go. i was breaking down the numbers. No 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 because I, I don't like I didn't want to just like you know, just see what someone's tweeted. I want to actually hear, because obviously what's really good about it, um and this is not an ad, by the way. Um basically I yeah, wish the, it was. Yeah, yeah. Get it with surf i no, I'm sorry. Um, so you... <laughs> so on the onboards um, on the onboards you hear the sound but also you hear all the team radio uncensored that's how you know all the people clip up the uncensored radios at the end of on the YouTube videos and stuff like that and basically I, I could see exactly what's happened to Ricardo's race and it's just the McLaren strategy just Going up the wall. Obviously, yes, it, he, he retired at the end. That wasn't his fault. And arguably, it could be McLaren's fault. Um, nah, it was his fault. Let's just say
1: it was his fault for bands, you know?
2: So, first of all, we've got to remember Lando <laughs> made go. multiple <laughs> mistakes. He had a shit start. He also went off, um, at turn one, um, as well. Uh, not on the, like, the first lap, but he was in lap 10 or 11. I think he was in battling the, he was battling the, um, the Alpines. So,
1: you, he overtook Fernando as well. I remember that.
2: Yes, he did. And then he also tried to overtake him before and he went off the runoff, so it didn't really work out for him. And also Alonso had a <laughs> bad car, so but yeah, you're forgetting the fact he he made mistakes during the race, which Ricardo didn't. Ricardo had to cover off Gasly, who did a stupidly early pit stop. So McLaren boxed him to cover the undercut, which he did, and then he got told to hold up Gasly so then Norris had clear air when it came to the pit stop. And it's just like and that was completely clear as day. So it wasn't Ricardo having a bad time at all. If anything, it was McLaren's strategy who boxed him early to go onto the hards, which he was going to extend his stint earlier. And you could see exactly what his stint was going to be because it's what Norris went on, extending up the mediums and going onto the soft towards the end. And this is a clear case scenario where McLaren's strategy, if he hadn't retired, ruined his race because then he got stuck behind
0: everyone
1: else. Wait, 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 wait,
2: wait. wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. So... You're saying that... Wait, you're saying that... So McLaren boxed Daniel to cover Gasly because Gasly stopped early instead of letting Daniel have his stint. And then that compromised his race because the only reason they got him to cover off Gasly
2: was to help Lando out. Is that what you're saying? So... so, So they had to cover off Gasly because, obviously, Ricardo was at the very beginning of the DRS train. So yeah. he had to cover him off. Otherwise, he'll be then pretty much at the very back of it when coming out of the pits. So McLaren covered him off when they actually could have just left him carrying on and left going on to the media. So they didn't,
0: they didn't do question. that to
2: help... All right, go on, go on. Go on go
1: Simple go question, ahead. because <laughs> Gasly was in the middle of a McLaren sandwich. So let's say Gasly pits, and it's Ricardo ahead, Lando right behind him, and they just keep going. Is Lando overtaking Daniel, yes or no? No. Tomo? I mean, I'm pretty sure he is. I
2: mean, because also Lando could have the overtaken then Gasly, but he didn't do that because it was a DRS train.
1: <laughs> Can I come like, back, actually? Uh, but also, all, like,
2: and also, like, with the whole, on, um, the whole holding, up, holding up the whole Lando thing, that's because when he came out in front of uh, Gasly when the undercut didn't work, but then they were back towards uh, P11, P12... They were already working out when Norris was going to the pit later on and then were asking mm. him to hold up. They were saying to hold up like a tenth or like a second or tenth uh, per lap. So basically, he had he, Norris then had the free air to go in front and not had the struggle from the guys behind. And
1: show his true pace in
0: clean air. Because Daniel started on mediums, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. Same as Norris. Yeah. And he pitted lap. What lap did he pit, man? 19. He pitted, yeah, 19 and Gasly on 18. Oh, it's very yeah. It's very early to pit on the medium. Sure. And one so- last,
1: like, you can give it to Ricardo. That's no, that's totally funny. Like, again, I'm not saying Ricardo had a shocker. Like again, you you should have been here at Zandvoort. But no, Ricardo had a really good race. But when you, <laughs> I look at it on paper, like where, where where McLaren were after the first five laps, they would have been seventh and eighth with their with their two drivers. Like Lando would have been ahead, and it would have it would have been a better result because they would have jumped Gasly with Daniel and Lando would have extended and good, gone to seven. So the, t- the the strategy the team played was to get both of their drivers in the absolute best position. Did but they favor also, Lando a little bit? Probably, because yeah, no, he had a little no. bit more pace, in my well, opinion.
2: No. Well, no, he didn't. But you're also forgetting, Lando made multiple mistakes during the race. I don't know why you're completely forgetting. He had a shit start, and that was all Lando's fault. He also went he off that, the track. He did have
0: a shit start. He, he also went off, start. The,
2: he went off the track, and that was his fault. And Ricardo did nothing wrong. Like, he didn't bottle it. And ironically, in the I didn't one trap. No, no, no. But you're sort of making out you, you, you've chosen Lando over Daniel when actual Daniel's done nothing wrong and the cars just failed him and the teams failed him, ironically. Because obviously they're gonna favour Lando because he's the one who's got more points in the championship and also because that's the star drive they're
1: going for. And also he did have more pace. Like the mistakes he made, he made up for them. He re overtook the <laughs> <a line> on <zone. laughs>
2: Yeah, ironically because Ricardo was at the beginning of the of the DRS train and Lando was behind all the other guys in the train. Yeah, if, but
1: even in clean air like La- even Lewis was struggling right. to like, keep up with Lando tell you what, in that Tell you what, actually, if
2: Lando was better, he should have been at the front of the DRS train, but he didn't because he bottled the race start. So there you have it. <laughs> simple as right, let us know in the
0: comments do you agree with us? do you agree with Matt I'll, I've decided to sit on the fence for this one because you have to, you have sold a compelling story I'll give you that back because you did actually look at the <laughs> because you, because job, you yeah. just ch- chose to focus completely on Daniel for that race you do actually have the information that we. and I
1: knew and do you know what I knew because I saw it on his Instagram <laughs> he posted that he was watching F1 TV and do you know what makes it sweeter? He must have been watching Ricardo on board live just as his engine cut out. Oh, <laughs> ironically,
2: ironically my, my internet froze.
0: <laughs> oh my God, of course it so did. So I it reloaded, right. I was like, ah, no! Let's talk about Alpine. Let's move on from McLaren. Although yeah. there's not really too much to say because obviously Ocon started towards the back. Uh, Fernando had no pace in his car for some reason. Um, too old. I, <laughs> who out qualified who I mean yeah Ocon didn't even
1: get into Q3 yeah. I,
0: I guess Fernando
1: but
2: yeah
1: I think have the, a be- the, opinion. the best thing about Alpine this weekend was Ocon's Schumacher tribute helmet I think that was pretty much the highlight and after that it was downhill so yeah it wasn't five, a great <laughs> weekend by then yeah. but yeah Al- Alonso and I, I still love it he knew that there was an engine he knew that there was an engine problem before the team did like he just felt it yeah. you know he's had experience of that but yeah uh, right, let, a, let's, let's, let's move time. on Noth- nothing to yep. say
0: with them lot um, Alpha AlphaTauri obviously you had Pierre Gasly qualify P9 finish P8 uh, in the end pretty good race from Pierre um, Yuki started at the very back didn't he and got up to P14 yeah. so actually yeah. not a bad recovery drive although there were four DNFs so actually yeah. he only finished ahead of
1: Latifi back. and
2: <laughs> yeah and <Magnus>. I mean <laughs> a bit of a shocking one for him yeah it's got to go to Gasly I think yeah I,
1: I think so that's a- any particular insight you've got there or just well let me Gasly. just break down Sonoda's race to tell you why he was actually <laughs> the, of the day. <laughs> um no I think actually especially after the uh early weekend scare I-, I-, I don't actually know what it was that um Gasly wasn't able to be there on the on the Thursday I think yeah also, he, was potential- he wasn't well yeah well. so to-, to bounce back from that again It's been a bit of an up-and-down season for Gasly. He's still on the edge in terms of is he going to be in that Alpine or not. He's still kind of trying to fight for it. It looks like it's slipping away a little bit, but I thought this was a great race by Gasly. It was a bit strange why he wasn't able to get past Ricardo with the DRS Open. I'm not quite sure uh, what happened there, but he scored points during a difficult season, I think it was a good race by Gasly, in my opinion.
2: Well, yeah, he couldn't get past because he wasn't good enough. Uh, no, but uh, it's after the race, <laughs> though. Um, Gasly actually said something quite interesting to Sky Sports because, they're, obviously, they're always trying to drill in, you know, like, what's your future plans and stuff. And he's basically said, like, he's going to drive for AlphaTauri next season, but it, all the control is out of his hands. Like, he has very much said he wants to try going to a different team, but he said on the interview, he's like, to the best of my knowledge, I'm driving at AlphaTauri next year, um, but it's I'll completely got a out contract. of his hands. So, yeah, it's literally that. So, um, so maybe I just have to take that as face value. Yeah, it's, it'd be interesting
0: to see if that won. Because, I mean, we've got like a two two weekends of no F1 now. So I wonder mm. if we'll get any progression over that. Right, Alpha Romeo, another nothing race. Um, Bottas mm. finishing P12 in the end, though. He was right at the back after turn one, two, I think. he was. I think he got caught out, didn't he? Um,
1: there was some kind of collision from, I remember seeing this on board. There was like some kind of collision with Bottas.
2: Yeah, like if, a if, yeah, yeah, everyone sort of like went into the back of him. I don't know who he made contact with, um, but um, always on the right hand side and no on the left hand side, so go fuck yourself. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> But no, who was, was it? Was it the Freeze behind Bottas who saw that? Because I didn't know. I didn't know what. I can't remember what on board saw that instant going from the, from the start line. But um, but basically, yeah. You no, I, thought... I think that was like Mick. I remember they showed Mick Schumacher's. I, the, think yeah. Mick, I, think, I think it was Mick. So I think it know if was Mick. Yeah, right at the back. Yeah, because I don't know if Mick made the contact or if he kind of like. No, it stop was, in time It or... was. It was Kev because he got he got a diffuser damage. Kev
0: did, uh, so Kev I think went over the sausage curb and had and then you had Bottas hit the back of Kev and then Mick hit the back of Bottas. So it was all kind of, yeah, Konstantinian. But I, I mean, out-qualified Joe, finished ahead of Joe. I think you've got to give it no, to Battery. Yeah. Joe, fin- Joe finished there,
1: didn't he? Yeah, Joe finished ahead. He scored Did points. It? Yeah. Oh, Joe yeah, Wally of course. points, mate.
0: So I was looking at qualifying. Um, qualifying, qualifying. Okay. Okay. <laughs> real oh, yeah, knowledge I mean sweet I'll give Wheel it to knowledge. Joe then I completely forgot he finished P10 <laughs> <laughs> fair play GG oh, no. Joe I'm
1: hearing this like Joe slander like finally a good race where points just actually just happen a... uh, it was quite a well, well, he though. only got
0: that just, point because ball, Ricardo actually. retired yeah. as well like, let's, be, let's be honest right. <sighs>
1: thank yeah. you very much for that Matt uh, we, 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 we'll take these W's like mate Joe I Army. Mean, we'll take these W's but
0: no you uh, know what that, that's good uh, he actually got a full race under his belt which doesn't usually happen in the Alphabar yeah, it usually
1: blows so, up halfway through but uh, it was actually it was quite funny is that when Joe was battling for the points with De Vries, I was like oh my god I really want Joe to score points but I kind of want Nick to be in the points as well and <laughs> yeah, so yeah that Ricardo was... really came through there big time mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh this is been it. fun right I love it
0: um, Aston Martin Yikes! Not Ouch. a good weekend. Both out in Q1. Seb did the classic. No, no. is it like surely I mean, he must be on,
2: used? To... But... I don't. <laughs> he always has these big reactions. It's like, mate, this happens every race. Why are you surprised? Like, yeah, of course you didn't get into Q2 again. Like, why is it a new thing every time? It's like, what? No, like it's like, mate, yeah. you should know this no. by now.
1: <laughs> I thought we were did battling for, for the pole. <Yeah>.
0: But yeah, obviously, Seb retired lap ten. Lance lap thirty-nine. Both engine issues.
1: I they will were say actually... I haven't seen an onboard. Something between those two happened. I think on lap one, where I think Lance yeah. might have like just closed line Seb almost into the gravel. So yeah, sounds about right. More teammate shenanigans. I want to see an onboard of that because I think it would have been quite interesting. But yeah, Lance, no I suppose. To defend yeah. um, do I give what, it to Lance. It, you, you, you're going to give it to Lance? Uh. I mean, they are both retired. To be fair i mean they're just just i'll give just it to seb. Give it... no i'll give it to seb actually because like i think he was i think he had a bit more wait who was in front i probably forgot actually uh
2: um, vettel seb qualified lance oh. by a tenth and a bit
0: so i mean
2: vettel it is then
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's nothing to really say is that um all right let's talk about williams then. let's let's get um should we talk about Haas this... first and then get williams
1: later yeah. Oh, yeah, right. I that.
0: completely forgot about Haas. Um, so just I, again, I was like, I've got a
1: team. <laughs> well,
0: look, Mick, Mick got P12 in the end, K Mag right yeah. at the back after the damage, and Mick out qualified. No, he
1: didn't, he, he qualified <laughs> last. Um, fraud watch, <laughs> is there anything to say? Uh, that... The car was really slow. I think K Mag, yeah, K Mag was obviously, it was I, was, nice, I, was right it, I was about to say, unlucky with the penalty, but it is what it is, and yeah, Mick, I mean. He did that overtake on Latifi, but okay. Ooh. That's it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean P twelve in the end, like, not not too bad considering. I think um I think yeah, I'll yeah, give it but, to Mick because you know, he yeah, was far off points.
2: Nah, fuck him. I'll give it to Magazine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Why not? Wow. Slander. That yeah. was even more okay, now we're we'll now- the
1: Ricardo pick. Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now we're we'll talking about Williams, okay. Um Oh, boys. The original I mean, I know you two champion. saw... You have something explaining m- to do. You my, have some of, my, I want to hear my about tweet this. From, yeah. uh, tweet from tweet Thursday saying, no, oh, you just wait. Worldie. Nicholas Satifi, going to have a worldie. I mean, that's look, that's not a. That's an open-to-interpretation statement. And <laughs> I said he'd have a worldie. <laughs> you left that look, wiggle room. You know mon- what I mean? <laughs> Monza last year was Nicholas's best race, I think, to date in a Williams... What, did, but, what position did he finish in that one? By the way, I think he was eleventh in the end, and I think he got stiffed oh. by the safety car because yes. that's the only way George jumped him. So actually, he was onto a good thing this time last what year.
1: What have scored but, points?
0: Yeah, uh, 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 I don't know where to start, man. Because uh, honestly, this just illustrated this illustrated a lot. We, we've talked about it, right? About you know, is this Williams a terrible car that Alex is doing a really good job in, and um, Nick is just about there, or? Vice versa, is Albon doing, like, a good job, and Nicky's just nowhere. And the fact that someone can jump in so last minute, he's, he's been driving the Aston Martin in the morning, which has a completely different steering wheel, completely different, like, setup. No wonder he locked his brakes and cocked up qualified. Still out-qualified Latifi, even with Mag. that lap being deleted. And then finishes in the points with Latifi. I mean, he was only ahead of K-Mag, because K-Mag had the damage. He finished last, basically. Let's be basically, honest. Basically. I mean, what do we say? That's I don't know what to say I mean, anymore.
2: I, th- I think the main things, obviously, like, um, I hope he did enjoy his last ever uh, Italian Grand Prix. I mean, like, Someone I wouldn't be surprised. Someone commented that, actually,
1: on the last episode. Someone said, like, oh, I wish Matt was here to say that Latifi, I hope he enjoyed his last Dutch grong. It's, it's, f- it's,
2: it's my running thing. I'm not changing my I'm not changing my tune. Like, like I wouldn't be surprised if the next two weeks he it gets announced. Like, we've had these rumours for so, so long that the freeze is going to be replacing Latifi. And like you say, Tomo, like, the original Dutch champion showed exactly why he should have been in the sport. It's really unfortunate <laughs> uh, well, yeah, he, he was champion before Max, he was. So, yeah. <laughs> got account yeah, counter where he is. true. But, like, it was really unfortunate, obviously, for Nick not to get the drive after he won his F2 because it there was no seats free. And then, it, obviously, he found a home a little bit for two years in FE. And now, just by pure luck, he was able to get this outing. And it was just the perfect outing for him. Um, you know, yeah, obviously, he did get a bit of a helping hand, having a bit of a, FP, a, a FP1 session in the Aston. However... You do have to include that all because it's just part of the racing history as it goes. It's not. It's not like oh, but if you didn't have it, you wouldn't be on pace. It's like doesn't matter. That's. It's part of how it all all comes it's together. It's a completely
0: different car as well.
2: Like. And also, yeah. there was a, there was also where totally he... Different. Um, I think even Seb was talking about how, like, when he got back into the car for FP2, they had to change the wheel position because of how Nick had to try and set it up because Kit, Nick kept pressing the wrong buttons from what he was used to um, yeah. uh, uh, on the previous car at, um, at Williams. Um, but I think, like, yeah, this really just... It, there's, there should be no doubt in anyone's mind now, including like the team and anyone in F1. Like, yeah, that seat is well and truly Nick's. It like he he's a he's a decent and feisty racer. Latifi has shown which Nick,
1: which yeah, <laughs> which Nick are you on about? That could that could also be, oh, could also be open to interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cassidy's had an absolute banger of a season at Formula Yeah, e, that's true.
2: <laughs> Um, but yeah, it just like, it's, it just goes to show though. Like, like Latifi, just like it's, I think, you know, you said it's very much the vice versa approach like the car is decent. It's just having a really aw- awful driver pedaling it. Um, and yeah, just, I just, I just,
1: just want him out. <laughs> it was, um, it was an embarrassing performance, uh, which is what we've been seeing pretty much most of the uh, year. Now the car has gotten better since the beginning of the year. Like don't get me wrong because I think what, like what Alex did in Australia was just nuts because that's when the car was at like, its absolute worst. Uh, the car is now a lot better, like, it's on some tracks when the car is in the right window, when there isn't as much, kind of, downforce dependence, because it still doesn't have as much downforce as, like, some of the midfield teams, but it does have straight good straight line speed. It can score points, as we've seen. And to be fair, Nick, like, he was, what was really interesting is that at one point he was, kind of, under pressure from Joe, and then all of a sudden he was actually, kind of, getting away from Joe. He was pushing forward uh, to the car ahead, I forget who was, uh, Gasly, I think it was. So Gasly, he was actually he was attacking someone it, at the yeah. end, yeah. So That's just incredible. Uh, I think Nick has done again a great job to put himself in the shop front for that seat. I still think you know, Logan Sargent, maybe that's more just me uh, being a Logan Sargent fan, so there's definitely some yeah, bias there. <laughs> but I want, yeah, I want, to, I, I'd love to see him in Formula One at some point. So I look forward to seeing what he can do in FP1 in Austin. Uh, but yeah, I think Nick has really kind of put himself at the forefront as far as Latifi. That's exactly what we've been seeing terrible in uh qualifying and nowhere near in the race. This was the race, like you know, jokes aside, for a worldy performance, this was the race to take advantage of the car when it actually could score points. Like, it was on the level of the Alfa Romeo and the Alfa Tauri, and Nick, as these opportunities don't come around often in Formula 1, it's timing is everything. Sometimes you do have just that one race, and, you know, and Nick absolutely took uh, took it, and he has been a little bit scrappy. If anyone that's watch, been watching Formula E this season, like he has been a bit scrappy, so it's not like you know he's coming off this amazing form. But he took the advantage he took the opportunity exactly when he needed to. And again, for me, it's just yeah embarrassing from Latifi. And what's really interesting now is that there is this now public pressure to get rid of Latifi. Like if they genuinely keep him, I think there's going to be some serious questions about the ambitions and the management yeah, of that team in terms of yeah exactly. They they, they can't do it like. Again, there's going to be some serious questions about what you what you actually want to achieve by picking up a driver that you know black and white. The data showing you just through one race that he's not good enough. So there's that public pressure is now interesting with Jos Capito, and he has got to drop him as soon as possible because that pressure is just going to keep mounting.
2: And I think what's just good to show as well, it also proves that Nick De Vries is a better driver than George Russell because he was able to do something which George <laughs> couldn't do for two seasons. Well, Albon is better points. than both
1: of them, so, so. there you go. Hold <laughs> that. Albon t- is better t- than both t- t- of
2: them. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, I mean, again,
0: there's there's no... It is crazy to me, right? Because they were both... They were first and second when Nick won Formula 2. He he won the title. He had 266 points ahead of Nick with... The other Nick, Latifi, with 214. Both won the same number of races. Both won four races apiece. That's a pretty chunky gap, by the way. Like,
1: let's not just... First of all, pretty, that yeah, but,
0: like, it's nothing on what Drogovic has just done. I'm not being funny. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was, that's a chunky gap. Like... Um, that's a funny sentence to say. That's a (laughs) a chunky chunky gap. gap. That is fifty-two points, right? Which is which is significant, but you know, I I think Latifi wins four races. Like, I just think he just there's something. He just I don't think he's he's able to do it at this level. I I just think that's now abundantly. It was already clear. Let's be honest. But now having another driver jump in at such late notice and, and a driver who's clearly you know. Nick DeVries is a very complete driver he's racing a lot of different categories he's got a lot of experience he's 27 now he's, he's, he's built a good foundation that you like to think he can jump into most different types of cars and quite quickly be quick but the fact that he was able to hold on do this you've obviously you've got to give a lot of credit to Nick DeVries for doing this like for, for achieving what he achieved but like we say they can't they can't keep the teeth now if that team wants to show any any ambition moving forward it's exactly. just meme, 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 like, the memes have been fun. It's been fun. But the time's done. It's stopped. It, 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 don't get me wrong; he's, I, he's got to go.
1: I want to say on that, like, yeah. the, I, I don't agree with any of like the attacking on Latifi in terms of like his personal character, and, like all of those jokes. Like, no, of course, the not. only things no, that I've ever not. talked about no. and the only things I've ever criticised Latifi on is always his pace, is always his performances. Like, it's not good enough. Don't get me wrong; L- like that, everything that, that he of. said about the whole like the, you know what's been happening online and like the abuse that he's like taken. Like, I totally agree with that. But when we're talking about mm. performances and when we're judging absolute at the top level of sport, he is nowhere near good enough. He has not had any development across. Like, I haven't. seen seen the development since 2020 like the gap was just as big in 2021 against George Russell and Albon from race one let's be honest like from Bahrain I was like from Bahrain testing I was like Albon's got him already so yeah Yeah. the the quicker I think they announce it the better I think it will be for the team because and also the better for him as well because you're just dragging him as well almost kind of creating this new saga so yeah announce to whoever their driver is is it going to be De Vries? I don't know but I it's think got to be
2: surely it's got to be De Vries I mean also like the, you do have to open up to a level of scrutineering or like, well, like if you are in a really privileged position to be one of the like 20 drivers to be involved in Formula 1 getting to do that you open yourself up to being scrutinised and if you're not performing then you do need to take some criticism from that and like, obviously yeah we don't like condone any of the actual insults straight towards him or anything like that I don't know I always joke saying he needs to get out but like that's not me on his personal thing. It's all about his performance and lack thereof. And where you have cases where, like, Nick De Vries, or even previous drivers, you know, like Antonio Fias Acosta we've mentioned before, who haven't been able to have the opportunity where you've had penny drivers replace it and haven't performed as well and are not progressing in the sport, then, of course, they have to be open to getting that criticism. So, yeah, like, it has to be the Fries, surely.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, as much as I also am a huge fan of, of Logan Sargent, I think that, you know, Williams need two solid drivers to build that team up move that car forward I don't think they're in a position you know if Sergeant had walked F2 this year then I think that's a different case but I think give him another year in, in F2 at least CAE progresses progresses I think now we know that if they do have a DeVries, Vries Albon lineup for next year because remember they were considering Albon and De Vries for that seat anyway um it was when Jules left
1: between them two wasn't it
0: Yes, and I think this shows that they would have got a very good driver if they had gone for Nick. Obviously I'm happy they went for Alex and I, I think that DeVries, Albon would be a very good little lineup. You could learn a lot from those drivers. I think they give you know, they've got good experience across different disciplines. Even Alex, you know, when he had his year out, he was racing a bit of DTM. He was he was kinda of getting himself about doing some different things. So yeah, I, I think if if Williams want a future where they are semi competitive, they just can't uh, you know, this is his third season now. The same team, it's not good enough, and that's it. One last thing. One last Go thing. On.
1: <laughs> this will be the last thing. I think Go with devries I think with devries also doing really well. I think it puts it should put a lot more respect on like the level of like the Formula E drivers. Like again, I just started watching Formula E this season. This was like my first one watching from start to finish. And like I, I before then, I heard all the jokes. You know that Formula E drivers is like the retirement home for Formula One drivers, but that just shows you De Vries was shaky this season like there were so many drivers that were better than him in Formula E and he still and he absolutely smashed it in Formula 1 so the across the board in IndyCar and Formula 1 and Formula E there is so many class drivers and like the level of drivers should be respected by Formula 1 fans even if you're not a fan of those uh, of those series for whatever reason
0: yeah this is why senior series like IndyCar like Formula E should get more Super license points as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Do you have but a bit about that a subject for, uh, Maybe I do. Maybe I do, Alex. That's a subject for another day. Right. <laughs> thank you all for coming. We're almost at an hour and a half now, so we'll, we'll, we'll let you get on with your day. Thank you all for coming. Don't forget, like the video if you watch it on YouTube. Subscribe. Five Star. Apple Podcasts. Pixo. MySpace. All that.